Golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going before the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home. On the fairways of I-4, back in the house, Holly G, and with one of the best men in the engineering world, behind the glass, Mike Vendetti, Mr. Diddy, helping us out with the show. Hey, Mike. Good evening. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I know you're a Boston guy, so you're yeah. you're prepping up for tomorrow's big game, right? Oh, absolutely. Patriots and the Steelers. Shout out to Mike Leonard, my right-hand man with nice. the Steelers. We can finally watch some football and stop talking about stupid things. Uh, <laughs> but we still have a lot of golf to talk about absolutely. as uh, we've just wrapped up round two of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And a big win for Ricky Fowler. Outlasting the cool Swede, Mr. Henrik Stenson, really kind of turned into a match play event, the back nine at the TPC in Boston, but a big win for Ricky, and uh, I think he's someone that wants to be included in the new trio of young guns alongside Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. He wants to be the other R to balance out that foursome. Uh, so a big, big win for Ricky, and as always, a big shift in the points. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes with one of our key golf insiders, Todd Lewis. A lot going on as we head into the rest of September here in terms of golf. We've got the fifth major for the LPGA coming up this week, the Evian Championship in Evian Le Bon France. And that'll be followed up with the women's version of the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup, the following week in Germany. And so we'll be we'll be talking a little bit about that as well as the BMW Championship, which is in Conway Farms just outside Chicago, which will be uh, the week after next. The boys are taking some uh, R&R this week, badly needed. This is a... It's a loaded gun for these guys coming into September in the FedEx playoffs. And then, of course, uh, the President's Cup. Big news there with um, Billy Haas being the 11th pick by his dad. Pretty much sealed the deal there. And then uh, Phil Mickelson rounding out the team. Very popular choice by all of the players to have Phil there. He's uh, certainly considered a leader and someone that I think will be a huge inspiration for uh, for the American team. So 
We uh, we certainly got a lot of uh, a lot of golf to talk about. We're gonna give away a little swag. So uh, fifth caller. 407-916-8255. 407-916-8255. Give us a call. We're going to give you a one-night stay at the Cinnamon Inn Bed and Breakfast out in beautiful Mount Dora. We're getting into the fall now. I can't believe it. But it's the perfect time to come out and stay, play some golf, check out Renegers, that wonderful antique extravaganza out there off of 441 just outside Mount Dora, and some of the great restaurants in town. That's a one-night stay at the Cinnamon Inn and Breakfast. If you've never been there, it is, uh, you'll feel like you got away for a week and uh, enjoy their amazing homemade cinnamon rolls. So uh, check that out. And um, let's see, we got, uh, do we have our man on the line there? We're still, uh, we're still waiting on Todd Lewis here to check in with us in just a minute, uh, as he will be coming uh, to us just fresh off the Deutsche Bank and all the uh, exciting um, finish that happened there. Uh, in addition to the fact that uh, the press are really getting well-treated by all these winners Mr. Diddy, they got a big, huge bottle of champagne, thanks to Ricky Fowler after his big win. It's not a bad gift. I'll tell you what, these guys are <laughs> taking care of the writers, and they deserve it, as we know. Absolutely. Uh, they, they've, they've given them some tight deadlines with some of the finishes uh, over the last couple of weeks. So it is, uh, it's great that the, that the guys are taking care of the, the guys in the press room because uh, they, they work hard. But anyway, let's see what else is going on. We have uh, Monty, Colin Montgomery, just running away with another victory on the senior tour, the champions tour. He is enjoying uh, his act three out there on the senior tour. And uh, as you know, last week we were in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, at the Myrtle Beach World Amateur Championship. And Tay Kim of Richmond, Virginia, shot a net 65, gross 85, at Barefoot Resorts, Die Course, Pete Die Course, to win the flight winner's playoff and claim the mantle of world champion at the 32nd Annual Myrtle Beach World Amateur Handicap Championship. Kim bested Steve Locke of Lubbock, Texas, a three handicap, who shot a net 67, and uh, Anthony Baker of Walkertown, North Carolina, shot a 73 Friday and finished with a four-day total of 290, good enough to beat Ryan Reynolds by two strokes to win the World Am's Gross Division Championship. This is uh, quite an event, as we were talking about last week. Nearly 3,400 players from 48 states and 28 countries descended on Myrtle Beach for the 72-hole net stroke play event. And uh, the world's largest 19th hole was the heartbeat of the world. They am four nights. Uh, there was just some great entertainment and incredible new products that the players got to test out. John Daly was there. He was signing autographs and serving drinks. It was a great night. So if you want to check it out and maybe register next year, you can go to www.MyrtleBeachWorldAmateur.com. And we appreciate all the hospitality that we had at the Myrtle Beach World Am. 
So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we'll be right back with Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G. And uh, we're in the midst of the FedEx playoffs. The boys have a week break. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs and the upcoming Major championship for the LPGA and Solheim Cup with Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hey, Steve. Holly, how are you? Doing well. Thank you, my friend. We're shuffling the deck a little bit tonight. That's the fun of live radio, as you know. Absolutely. So I want to get your thoughts on first of the way the Deutsche Bank ended. Quite a little match play uh, tournament at turned out to be between Ricky and Henrik Stenson. Um, you know, you don't normally expect Henrik to uh, make a mistake like he did on number 16. Not really sure what happened there. If the caddy called the wrong number, what was your take on that? Well, I mean, I, if, you know, I was there. And so um, I, I think a lot of people do not realize that there was a lot more breeze coming into the players' faces on that hole than they realized. Even Ricky, who hit six iron and flights the ball lower than Henrik, was surprised by how short his ball came up. Um, it, it, the problem is Henrik hits a seven iron, he flights it a little bit higher, um, and he just spun it up into the wind. I mean, it was it was one of those things where the one mistake you couldn't make um, was short on that hole. You could have been right, you could have been long, you could have been a lot of places. Uh, short was was clearly just a double bogey waiting to happen. Uh, and, you know, he was sitting there jawing at his caddy, but, you know, his caddy didn't actually pull the golf club and, you know, make the swing. So, uh, and, and he hit second. So he saw Ricky hit six iron. It's not as though he was, he was, uh, he was ignorant stepping up there. He saw what, uh, what had happened for him. And he stepped back, uh, if I remember before he hit the shot. So I think maybe he was questioning if he had enough club uh, any comments in the press room afterwards? Well, not uh, Hen- Henrik gave some some comments immediately um, outside the, the scoring area where he just said, you know, that shot cost me the golf tournament, and and he basically said what I just did. You know, he said I I just I, I didn't feel the wind, I didn't realize there was that much, uh, and I just flighted it too high and just spun up into it, and you know, it was the shot that that uh, that cost him the entire week. Well, it's um, his... I must say though, you talk about a fantastic champion, Rick Fowler. Holy smoke! Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have gotten much better. No, and you know what's interesting is I watched that first tee shot where he just duck hooked it into the trash on the left hand side on the first hole, uh, and you know, for a lot of players, you just wonder if that's just you know it's going to shake them, rattle them for the rest of the tournament. Not unlike uh, what happened to to DJ a couple of weeks ago when he. Uh, had that you know collapse on the first hole, uh, what, what in the PGA, in the final round. 
But, uh, you know, Ricky just seems to have developed this patience with his game. And it was sure evident on Sunday as uh, he came to the back nine and just kept, you know, hanging in there and ended up, uh, you know, being in the right place and making the right shots and winning the tournament. You know, the interesting thing about this, and, and I have noticed this several times with him, he has a switch that, that, that will periodically just go off. And when it goes off, you see things like the, the final six holes and six under par at the Players' Championship. You see him being able to, to drive home to the finish uh, at the Scottish. And the way he played uh, at the Deutsche Bank, where after the 11th hole, when he hit, when he hit a five-wood, 240 yards, 12 feet over the pin, and made that putt for birdie, you could just—it was a—he was a different player after that. It was as if that somehow flipped onto a switch, and he said, "Hey, I can win this thing." And he didn't miss hit a shot after that. Prior to that, there were shots where he was all over the board. I mean, we talk about one where he was actually able to scramble for par. That was a quacker. I mean, he, he hit that thing so far offline. There was a hazard over there. Most people didn't even know it was there. Uh, but the the worst bogey was on four, the drivable par four where he was ten high. 70 feet from the hole, it took five shots to get out. So, I mean, it, it was it was sort of questionable up to the point where he made the turn. And then he just, he just went into a different gear. Uh, and I've seen that from him several times. Yeah, he sure did. He was trailing by three shots early on the back nine and rolled in a 40-foot putt on the 14th hole to pull within one. Uh, you know, so I, I I think, again, he also has this ability to, you know, to, to make those putts when they're critical and, you know, to, to pull off the shots, you need to in those moments. Yeah, and when he gets that putter rolling, it looks like everything's going in. I mean, he almost holds another 38-footer. I mean, it was, uh, you know, when, when he hits those things and you're just convinced from the moment they leave the putter, they're going in the hole. Uh, any player that can do that is going to be hard to beat. Uh, let's talk about Jordan Spieth. Misses the second straight cut. Um, you know, he... His comments were, you know, that his his game is right there. He, you know, just had some, I don't know, was it was it problems with his putting? Uh, you know, this course, TPC, seemed to really challenge these guys a, a lot more than maybe they might have expected. You know, I think it was a confidence thing with Jordan. And quite frankly, I think, you know, after the, after the, the month, uh, eight-month stretch that he's had, he's got to be tired. I mean, this is a lot of golf these guys have played, and I know that, that uh, listeners out there will say, oh, it's golf. I mean, how tough can it be? It's the mental strain. It's the strain of being in the heat of competition. Uh, and, and, you know, when you're able to be in, in that, in that uh, position and you're able to come out a victor time and time again, as Jordan has, it wears on you. And that you come a point where you just need to take a few weeks off and go lay, lay on the bed and do nothing. And he may have reached that point. Yeah, it was interesting, his comment, he said that um, he needed to get some of his swagger back. He says, I need to walk with some cockiness in my step these next two tournaments. That's going to be a big stage. I don't think I have to fix much in my game other than really work hard on my putting into Conway Farms, and then mentally I can control that. I can control walking with the cockiness, whether things are going good or bad, and that's what you have to have inside the ropes, and I'll bring it when we get to Chicago. Got to love that. You really do, and you know he did speak. He spoke very openly about the negative self-talk that he that he had this week. You know that he was very down on himself, uh, and, and you know that that can wear on you. It's a confidence thing. 
and he's right. I mean, look, I watched him play some holes, and, and his ball striking appeared no better or worse than it has throughout the course of the year. Uh, it's just, you know, the, uh, you hit one bad shot in, in the wrong spot, uh, and where the, he was normally able to get up and down from there, he just wasn't able to the last couple of weeks. We're talking to Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post, another guy that probably was a little less focused, maybe feeling a little tired, Jason Day. Uh, not probably having, you know, the finish he wanted because, of course, these guys are coming out to win, win all it big so that they can put themselves in position for the Tour Championship and be, uh, you know, be able to control their destiny. Uh, your your uh, thoughts on Jason? He didn't play. He didn't have a terrible week. I mean, he didn't. He, obviously, he, uh, you know, he started out 300. He got the worst end of the draw in terms of the uh, the wind on uh, on Thursday and Friday, but um you know, he, he he put together several solid rounds. It was a good ball striking week. He fought a head cold all week, so he wasn't feeling you know great. Uh, but look, I mean, the guy's going to going to walk away uh, with a guaranteed spot in Atlanta, and he's and uh, you know he he is right there to win uh, the the FedEx Cup, which which uh, you know, granted it isn't uh, it probably pales in comparison to his major championship, but it is certainly something he wants to he wants to win. Well, it's, it is all about jockeying position for position now, um, having been at Deutsche Bank, and now the guys take a week off, get a chance to be, you know, refreshed coming into Chicago and the BMW Championship. As you see how the uh, FedEx points look right now, uh, who do you think is going to make the biggest move? And right now, the top five, who, of course, control their destiny, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Henrik Stenza, and Bubba Watson. Who do you see out of that group? Well, I mean, I think Henrik has the opportunity to make the biggest move. I mean, he, he certainly uh, will walk away frustrated from uh, the way he finished this week. And, and uh, you know, a frustrated Henrik Stenson is a dangerous Henrik Stenson. I mean, he, these, these, are, these, coming, these coming events are golf courses that, he plays well and likes, and uh, you know, I, you know, he he won this thing before in Atlanta, and I think he could he could put, certainly do that again. He's going to put himself in that position, and once he's in that position, uh, I like his chances. Now, uh, you know, Ricky again, he's just hot and cold. I just um, every event that he's won so far this year, he's followed it up with either a missed cut or a T thirty or something like that. So you just you just never can tell. It depends on which Ricky shows up. Um, I think Jordan will can, will uh, will rebound. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to go ahead and call him winning the FedEx Cup, but I certainly think he will he will have better showings than we've seen up uh, out of him of late. Um, but I I tell you, I really like the way Jason Day is playing. Everything about his game right now is just clicking on all cylinders. If you if you had to throw darts at a board and say this is the guy that walks away with it, I'd say it has to be Jason Day. And a guy that's sitting just outside the top five in number nine position, Jim Furyk, who's won it all before as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jim is, a, you know, he's just steady. Uh, and and you, you wonder if he doesn't perhaps look at this as maybe his last hurrah. Um, he's like as a golf course he likes. Uh, he knows it well. Um, it, it's a traditional old golf course where you're playing the angles. Uh, Jim does that better than anyone, so uh, you know he's somebody that you, you don't want to you don't want to overlook for sure. Give me your thoughts on Charlie Hoffman. This guy's really had a very good year. He continues to you know have great tournaments, but just seems to 
fall apart on Sunday. Looks to me, too, like Charlie's been taking better care of himself. Looks a little leaner and, uh, you know, seems like he's he's brought his game to another level. He's healthier. It's just, a, you know, with Charlie, it's all about the putter. Everything stems back from the putter. If he has confidence, uh, the rest of his game has confidence. If he doesn't have confidence, then he's going to roll it in the hole. He puts a lot more pressure on himself to hit it close, uh, which, which, you know, forces him to put a lot more pressure on himself to hit fairways, uh, and it's just a, a cascading spiral at that point. So if he, if he gains confidence that he can roll it in from, either from 15 feet and from about 25 feet, uh, you're really going to see him um, make some moves. All right, Steve, turning to the women's side of things, we've got two big events to finish, well, not quite finish off the LPGA season because, of course, we have the race to the CME Globe. But we have the Evian Championship, the fifth major uh, for the women, and followed by the Solheim Cup. Very interesting, a major, then followed by a major event, team event like the Solheim Cup. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, look, it doesn't get any bigger in women's golf in these two weeks, particularly with with the Solheim Cup in Germany immediately following this event in France. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the players are going to, uh, are going to, you know, just leave on Sunday night and head straight to Frankfurt. So this is, it's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of a two week stretch here. Um, I think you're going to see, I, you know, and this is, this is not a real stretch here for me to say this. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the Korean players play well this week because they don't have a next week. They don't have anything that they're looking ahead towards. Uh, so I think that if I had to say, uh, had to pick somebody for this week, it would be Envy Park, Say Young Kim, um, or, or even you know a, a, a Kiwi Lydia Ko, someone who is not participating next week. Well, it's never easy playing away from home. Uh, Julie Inkster, I believe, kind of getting the team into the mindset that they're, that they're the underdogs. That uh, you know, after getting beaten pretty handily uh, the last time round, uh, what, what? How do you think that strategy is going to work with with the Americans? Um, you know, I'm I'm always I, I hearken back to Coach Lou Holt, who used to find who used to think that Notre Dame was an underdog every time they stepped on the field. He he had people believing Navy could beat them. Um, look, he. he this kind of poor mouthing will, will fly with some. It isn't flying with me. On paper, the Americans ought to win this thing in a trot. Um, I mean, they're, they're deeper. They've had more victories. Uh, they certainly have been playing better. The world rankings are higher. Uh, every quantifiable measure, uh, with the exception of the, you know, where the thing's being played, uh, has the Americans coming out on top in this thing. Now, the, uh, we don't play it on paper, and anything can happen in match play. But uh, I think I think Julie is, is doing the right thing, but I'm not buying it. Well, and a great captain and one that the players certainly look up to, uh, much like Phil Mickelson, who was selected for the President's Cup team. Your thoughts on that captain's pick? Well, I mean, look, it was I, – I don't think it was a big stretch. I mean, Phil's been in every single one of these things. And if there is a, a team leader that you want out here – it's probably going to be Phil Mickelson. Jay was, you know, was looking for somebody who could be a calming influence in the team room, uh, somebody who you could put a partner with, who would, who would, you know, put your arm around, put, put his arm around his partner and you know, keep him focused and keep him pumped up and keep him ready to go. 
A Phil does that. A Phil does that in every respect. Now, if this were the Ryder Cup and not the President's Cup, would Phil have been the pick? I gotta say, probably not. Um, I think that the you know the, the pressure associated with that event is so much greater, and it's so much more important to have the person who has the hot hand at that point. That uh, that I think that that's just a little bit of a different animal. But in this scenario, with him, with it being uh, 21 straight for Phil, uh, this is this this is pretty important for him to be there. And certainly a guy who is uh, destined to be a captain of the Ryder Cup team in the future, as always. Steve Eubanks, we appreciate your perspective. Go check it out, globalgolfpost.com. One of our favorites. Get it every Monday morning in your mailbox for free. Some of the best writers in the world. Globalgolfpost.com. Steve, as always, thanks for spending time with us. Thanks, Holly. Talk to you soon. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. And uh, we're coming to that nail-biting time of the golf season. Everything's on the line. The FedEx playoffs, uh, making your tour card, going from the web.com to the PGA Tour. We've got another major for the LPGA, followed by the Solheim Cup. So much tension-packed golf. And that's when we've got to Get inside the minds of these players, what might be going on for them, and talk to our good friend, go to the couch with Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob Winters, the world's number one mental conditioning coach. Hey, Dr. Bob. Holly G., how are you? I'm awesome, thank you, and congratulations on your LPGA player breaking through at the Yokohama LPGA Classic. At the end of August, Chris Timellis winning. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. She did a great job. I'm I'm so happy for her after you know so many years of just sort of being that journeyman pro, uh, but also you know just getting better each and every year. And it was just great to see her make a lot of birdies chip in. And and she just said, she goes, hey, you know, I didn't look at any leaderboards. I've been doing everything we've been talking about, just taking up one after one. And, you know, in the end, I ended up winning. And she goes, winning won me. And she goes, it was uh, kind of an amazing thing. And she said, just as you said, like all these, you know, many years, you know, just play and just keep going one after one. And before long, you're in the winner's circle. And and it was just, I'm just really happy for her, just buoyant. And uh, 186 uh, tries, uh, you know, tournaments she teed it up in. And wow. And, you know, was the one that she won. So, I always said to her, Holly, I said, it isn't a, a question of will you. It's always a question of when will you allow yourself to win. And, and that's exactly what she did. And she's getting better each week. And now she's over at the Evian in France. And uh, she's going to tee it up here in a few hours. And uh, 
I just sent her a, a text. I said, let's keep up the momentum, keep the good mojo going. And uh, that's funny. When a player wins one, Holly, you know they just start to kind of figure it out, and they start winning one after one. So hopefully she'll continue. Yeah, that's fantastic. What's she been on tour, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. Wow. And she had some tough uh, competitors on her heels, including Yanni Sang, who uh, had a breakthrough tournament, finished second uh, at, at uh, minus 16, one shot behind her, and Lexi Thompson and Stacey Lewis also uh, trailing her. So, uh, you know, she, she had some tough competition to, you know, face off. Well, it's, you know, just like I've said to everyone, I mean, it's not over until it's over. And you've got to play, you know, the 18th hole. You've got to finish it. You've got to check your scorecard two or three times, turn it in, and then you're done. And then, you know, we'll total it up and see who wins. And I think it's to Chris's credit is that, you know, she said, listen, she goes, it was never a, a be-all, end-all for me to be a winner on the LPGA Tours because I've, I've had a great, great career and I'm still getting better. And she said, but the, the great thing about it was she didn't really – even know really where she was as far as the score. She said, let's just go get another. Let's just go get another. And that's sort of my whole philosophy that I think everyone can learn from is that, you know, quit counting up your score before it's done. Count it up at the end of the round because as the Kenny Rogers song, The Gambler, he said there's always time enough for counting when the dealing and the playing's done. So let's, let's continue to play and bring it to the house and get done with it. Then we'll total it up. We're talking to Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob Winters, out at the David Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando. So we've got two match play big events coming up, the Solheim Cup following the Avion for the LPGA, their version of the Ryder Cup, and then the President's Cup. I love match play, Bob, you know, for so many reasons. Number one, so much emotion that you see, you know, amongst the players the swings of momentum, the pressure that you see when the players are, you know, playing as teams and then they have the singles matches and the big, you know, the big thing being the fact that they are playing for the, for the whole team, something we're not used to seeing. And it was interesting, Kay Cockerell on the Golf Channel said that, uh, you know, it's interesting. She says both captains have to be a psychologist to know when and how to say the right words to keep your players in the right frame of mind. And, you know, it's that's what's so interesting about the match play and also watching the captains do their thing. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, in match play, it's always about giving your partner confidence and giving the opponents fits. And unlike, you know, stroke or metal play, match play, I mean, Every shot, every hole is its own little contest. And you have 18 separate little contests before you go out. And I think that's why I love, when people love match play so much versus stroke play. I mean, stroke play it is a continual adding on. But after the hole's over in match play, whether you made a four or whether you made an eight, I mean, you're starting fresh on the next hole. It's a whole new little mini contest. And I think that's why it becomes so nerve-wracking. And it's, there's a lot of shifts in momentum, Holly. So it, it's important to keep that positive momentum. It's also important, you know, to keep the hammer down and, and to keep your opponents at bay. But like I always tell everyone, you know, and everyone has the misconception, whether it be the Solheim Cup, President's Cup, Ryder Cup, or whatever, 
is that, you know, match play is 50% what you do and 50% what the other player, you know, does. And we, we've been told that for years. But what I'm always telling my players who are playing in these matches is that if you can take care of 100% of focusing on executing what you need to do, it really doesn't matter what the other player is doing or is attempting to do because you're doing everything you possibly can. And it's, it's it also in match play, because your uh, opponent might be in trouble, now you have to still stay aggressive. But you can be a little bit more smart, play maybe a higher percentage shot, but still be aggressive with that shot. So there's there's a lot of ebb and flow here in match play that we really don't see all that much in stroke play. But it is exciting, and it's a great time of year. And I'm looking forward to both events, both the Solheim Cup and both you know the President's Cup. And the President's Cup is going to be very interesting because it's in Korea, it's at, you know one of Jack Nicklaus's you know Korean design courses, and the international uh, team. I'll tell you what, I mean, you may not have heard of a lot of these players, but they can really play stick, and I think they will give the Americans everything they want. Oh, and I think we're probably more familiar with some of these players, particularly. Uh, those from down under, as we've gotten to see so many of the international players rise to the top this year. And an interesting pick, speaking of, you know, emotion and psychology and being able to rally the troops. We were talking last segment about, you know, Phil Mickelson being the final captain's pick, uh, you know, by, uh, by Jay Haas. Yeah, I think, you know, Phil, you know, adds has some unbelievable flavor. I mean, Phil is one of those, if you get him with the right partner, he can be an unbelievable asset. I mean, he can really get hot. He's very much a streaky player. He's a gambler. If you put someone with him that can kind of feed into his system, I'll tell you what, you've got a great pick there. I think it's a a great pick, you know, for Captain Jay Haas. And also to put, you know, his son Bill Haas on the team. And, And Billy has really been rounding into form. And he's such a solid player. And I think that's really what you need. You love to have your flamboyant, you love to have your colorful players, you know, the Phil Mickelsons, the Ian Poulters and those. But it's always nice to have those guys, the steady Eddies, you know, sort of the Bill Haas, the Steve Stricker types, the Zach Johnson. Those guys are really the meat and potatoes, you know, on these teams as well. So it's going to be a great matchup. Looking forward to it in October. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, before we let you go, Dr. Bob, we want to point out that you've got a – Fantastic new book out, Mistake Free Golf. Uh, if you want to tell our listeners how they can uh, purchase that book or find out more about uh, possibilities of working with you and um, coming out to the David Ledbetter Academy. Well, they can find me at davidledbetter.com, that's for sure. But they could also, you know, put my name in, drbobwinters.com, and go to my personal international website. But, you know, my book is Mistake Free Golf. First date for the golfing brain. It's a five-star, you know, great seller. Uh, it's by St. Martin's Press. You can go to Amazon.com, Barnes & Nobles, or any major uh, retail bookseller and find it, mistake-free golf. And, and they're a little bit different, you know, with this book, Holly. This isn't about the positive platitudes that you hear in most, you know, self-help books. I look at the nine most common mental mistakes and tell the reader, the golfer, how to actually correct them how to overcome them, and play as mistake-free as you possibly can. And that's kind of a funny title, 
But you know, obviously you will make mistakes in golf. But if we can eliminate some of those unforced mistakes, well, you're going to enjoy the game more and shoot lower scores. And that's what mistake-free golf is all about. But And they can actually you know, reach me at, at all those different places. And I love to hear from people. And I work with golfers of all levels, uh, just not the very best of the best, but sometimes the most emotionally challenged, too. And that's a lot of people out there. So, you yeah. know, so my job is, is new every day whenever the phone rings. So it, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And you're one of the most accessible guys I know. Thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. Dr. Bob Winters, go to drbobwinters.com to learn more. And if you're having trouble with your game, trust me, he will straighten you out. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Your host, Holly G. And um, ah, it's time for some more swag because uh, my friend behind the glass there, Mr. Diddy, he, he loves giving away stuff just as much as I do. And so we've got another one night stay at the Cinnamon Inn, the beautiful Cinnamon Inn out in lovely Mount Dora. If you're the third caller, 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255, you can be the lucky winner. And let me tell you, there's all kinds of great golf out uh, there in Lake County. And as you know, we had a very special VIP golf cart that we promoted and is now uh, out there on the streets giving some of our listeners a chance to play some of the best courses in Central Florida and one that I've discovered that is absolutely a best-kept secret just north of Apopka off of Highway 441 is Zellwood Station Golf Club. And let me tell you, this thing is a beautiful track, beautiful greens, great layout. I've probably driven by it I don't know how many times. And uh, it's now become one of my favorites. And on the line is Chuck McClune, the head professional and a name you're probably familiar with, longtime PGA pro here in the Central Florida area. Chuck, thanks so much for being on the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Hey, I was out there Sunday. Greens are in fantastic shape. Tell our listeners a little bit about the layout at Zellwood. Uh, we're 6,500 yards from the back tees, but don't let that uh, fool you. It plays a lot longer because we got about 40-foot elevation changes on the front nine about 30 to 40 elevation changes on the back nine. It also goes around what we call the crater junction. Uh, 12 through 16 goes around a big, uh, what, what used to be a sinkhole. Um, used to be filled with water, but now <clears throat> it's more of a natural area. So it's a pretty unique layout, uh, not typical for Florida. Um, and, uh, and it's a challenge. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tight. It's got a lot out of bounds. It's target golf. And like you said, the greens are, are fantastic so it's definitely a golf course you can score in as well it is and it's it's a layout that i mean it keeps you it keeps you on your toes no doubt about it 
nothing that puts you to sleep, that's for sure. And I love some of the names. The number one handicap hole is called the train wreck. I love that. You've got a par three that exceeds any on the PGA Tour over 243 yards. I mean, like you said, don't let the length fool you. Yeah, it's kind of a combination of short hole. There's a drivable par uh, four, number seven. It's like 259 yards, but it's uphill, and it's a risk-reward hole. Um, 14 is about 490, and it's a risk-reward hole. You hit over the crater. Um, usually it's like a three-wood, three-wood, or a driver, three-iron, but it's a, it's a challenging shot. And then we've got some medium-long par fours. Uh, you know, first hole's 390 uphill, about 40 feet. So you've got a really good opening hole. And then we also have some uh, blind shots. And, of course, like you were saying, the, the par threes are anywhere from 120 to, to 240 yards from the back tee. So it's a good, it's a good mix of golf holes. And uh, the yardage is kind of deceiving because it plays a lot longer than that. You're going to hit every club in your bag playing that golf course at any level of player that comes out and plays. You know, it reminds me, too, of, some of the courses, the, actually, I, I would say some of the mountain courses I used to play up in the Northeast, you've got a couple holes where you've got to raise the flag because, you know, you've got some blind shots. So you've got to be careful you don't uh, land one on top of the group in front of you. Yep, yep. There's a couple blind shots. Number five, you hit downhill to a, a blind fairway. And then number 10, you actually hit uphill, and then it goes downhill to a blind fairway. So those two holes, we do have a flagpole there that you pull up and pull down as the foursome leaves or twosome leaves from the fairway. So it's, it's, it's definitely unique, uh, a golf course for Florida. I think we have about three palm trees on the entire golf course. So it, it, it plays much more like a northern golf course. I'm originally from Wisconsin, and it reminds me more of a type of golf course in the hills that I would have played growing up. Go Badgers! My sister was a Badger, and I noticed you were carrying a few uh, Wisconsin Titleist golf hats in the pro shop. Yeah, I got to represent. I'm from Wisconsin originally, so I'm a huge, uh, huge Badger and Packer fan. I was a little disappointed with how we played against Alabama, but Alabama's a good team, so I can live with that. Yeah, it's a uh, long, it's a long season, as we know. Yeah, it is. So um, let's see. You've got a big tournament coming up. I know we were chatting about to uh, benefit the disabled veterans. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> Zellwood Station Veterans Association puts on a. Uh, uh, Commander Frank Lowry puts on a tournament every year. I think it's our sixth annual tournament now. And we put on a tournament for uh, disabled veterans. Um, and it's a, it's a good cause. You know, we raise money for the, uh, for the veterans and all, all that goes to disabled veterans. So that's uh, on October 17th. So if you're interested in that, you can get a hold of Frank Lowry or call the golf shop and we'll give you his number so you can sign up a team. Fantastic. We're talking to Chuck McClune, the head golf professional at Zellwood Station Golf Club. And look at the guy is still making tee times at uh, 655. You got to love it because, hey, it's such a popular place. And now you can get to it so easily, Chuck, from any side of town with the 429 coming out right, uh, right at your back door. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I actually live in Remington and Kissimmee, and I can get there in 41 minutes, and I'm 40, about 40 minutes, and I'm 41 miles away. So now that the 429 has gone all the way up to 441, it, we're a half hour from downtown. We're a half hour from the Bay Hill area, and we're pretty much accessible pretty much anywhere in central Florida now with the 429. And, and, it's, and it's an easy drive because it's mostly highway, so 
it's really worth the trip if you want to come out and kind of play a golf course that's different that you haven't played before. And uh, we're starting to see that that happen. I'm getting a lot more business from Orlando now since I've been there about two years. So we're really excited about what where it's going. I know you're a longtime teacher, and there's been a lot of emphasis on on putting this year. I think on tour, uh, perhaps more so than we've seen. Particularly, a lot of the different alignment techniques that the players are using, and of course, you know the phenomenal putting we've seen. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, um, you know, obviously these guys are power hitters, but as we all know, it all boils down to getting the golf ball in the, in the hole. What's, uh, what are your tips for, for the amateur player in terms of uh, becoming a better putter? Well, I think the biggest thing that, that I see with amateurs is we don't get the, they don't get the putt to the hole. And really the most important thing with putting is pace. So if you don't have the right speed, it really doesn't matter what the line is because the line is going to be dictated by how fast or how hard you hit the golf ball. So the biggest thing that I tell amateurs to do is before you go out and play, if you have any time at all, spend 15 minutes on the putting green, get the speed down of the greens, try to put it all the way across the green in two different ways, and then uphill and downhill if, if, that, if the practice green allows you. And it's going to give you a sense of kind of what you're going to experience out on the golf course. And then don't be afraid to be aggressive with your putter in, from about 20 feet and in. You'll make a lot more putts. You're not going to make putts if you don't get it to the hole. So pace is really essential with putting. And I think that's the thing that most amateurs leave putts short. Um, and if you get the ball to the hole, chances of it going in are going to be a lot better. Uh, absolutely. And as we all know, we uh, tend to spend a little more time with the bucket of balls on the range when so much of the uh, scoring is getting that short game sharp. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. Well, yep. It's... 100 yards and in is where most of, most of your scoring is done in golf. I mean, obviously you have to drive the ball in play, so that is important. But if you can, if you can get it up and down, uh, your scores will go down considerably. All right, Chuck, and uh, what's the phone number for people to call you and book a tee time? It's uh, 407-886-3303, and then uh, direct to the shop is extension 2. All right, and you can book your tee time online as well, zellwoodgolf.com. Chuck McClune, the head professional at Zellwood Golf Club, we appreciate you participating in our VIP golf card. And uh, go check it out. This is really a great track and definitely worth the trip. Thanks so much, Chuck. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, Diddy, that's it for us. Good luck to your Patriots tomorrow. I know you'll be rooting for my bills on Sunday. I can lie and say yes. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hit that cough button. Uh, it's going to be a week off for the men, but a big week for the ladies. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week at Golf Insiders. Bye-bye.